Would you like to get the full Frisky and Manish live experience in your own home? Well, you can sort of in that you could just watch a video. It is available via our website, friskyandmanish.co.uk. There is a pay what you would like to pay donate button that will take you through to the link. So please donate, watch, enjoy and have a fabulous life. It was acceptable in the decade It was acceptable at the time It was acceptable in the decade It was acceptable at the time Hello and welcome to the Frisky and Manish podcast. We are Laura Corcoran and Matthew Jones, a.k.a. Frisky and Manish. And this is our second season in which we are devoting ourselves to the study of what was acceptable in the insert decade. And I believe today is the 80s. It is. We're going right on the nose of the pre-existing song. The actual song, yeah. <laughs> may or may not have inspired our thinking. Clearly, clearly did. Clearly We're very did. often inspired by songs kind of our thing. So um, just just maybe a, a small note before we begin uh, that we are continuing this season in the bizarro circumstances that we find ourselves in in the 20s, which is um, isolation, quarantine, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> saving lives, people, saving lives. We're trying. So We are frontline workers, obviously. <laughs> Wow, that is not acceptable in any decade. Thank you. What for us to claim that we're frontline and essential? Listen, why else are we doing this podcast (laughs) if it's not essential care work? (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously it's not. I'm just trying to to make us feel better because we're so pointless and we just sit here blaring about pop. No, but we might save a life. We might. You never know. I'd like to. But I think we know we won't. But (laughs) if we save your life today with this then I'm, then um your life is terrible and i'm yeah. sorry for you about that but was it even that worth if it? we did yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but it's true that's that is the situation we find ourselves in and and unfortunately we both have certain situations in the home to deal with haven't we i mean you have a yes. tiny demon no sorry a beautiful baby beautiful child i mean she actually is She's a toddler now, so she's, oh, you know, God. pushed slightly beyond being an adorable baby and is into, um, you know, opinions and feelings about things, which is God. super um, annoying for me. But she's a woman. <laughs> that can't be right. What have you done? She's You've raised her up. She's great. Uh, but she's currently asleep, so we're, like, on the countdown. Like, oh, God. Go! All this waffle is not... And we don't need it. Come on, get straight on with it. <laughs> Crack on. <laughs> yeah, literally. Any other parents working from home will relate, mm. I think. And unfortunately, I'm stuck in a situation where, I mean, I'm I'm very happy in my house and very lucky, obviously, you know, touch wood. But um, the person who lives next door to me has decided now is the time. They've, they've heard that your baby's asleep and they've decided yeah. to get the hammer out and fi- <laughs> fix a bookcase. I don't know what they're doing. I've knocked on the door. They won't stop. So anyway. They're having an hammer. <laughs> having a, yeah, having a little bash around. So, nice. you know, if you nice. hear that, that's not me, you know, banging on the walls trying to get out. I'm perfectly happy ensconced. I just, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a neighbour. So. Yeah, so do bear with. Um, okay. what, what you're basically doing right now is listening to our phone call. That's yeah. essentially what this is. <laughs> so get into it. Uh, anyway, any so we know, 
This is what's acceptable in the podcast. <laughs> what is what was acceptable in the 80s? Matthew, any thoughts? Mm, oh, God, so much was, wasn't it? Um, well, I mean, I guess I would start um, as any, you know, I mean, we are children of the 80s, aren't we? We were born in the 80s, yeah. Even though I feel I feel like we both identify as children of the 90s because that's when we really sort of found our voices. <laughs> <laughs> but we're technically we were children of the 80s. We were seeking them, but we never quite found them as I mean, a five-year-old. Well, yes, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say is that, you know, by the time I got to the end of the 80s, I was just about ready to go, right, what's going on? You know, this is the first time I realised that there was an actual year and, you know, there was a world, a society. Yes. So, yes. but it's it's obviously, you know, whenever I write my birth year down, it's an 80s year. So I feel like I can claim to be an 80s child. And therefore, I feel the, the, the thing that is most uh, thrilling and fascinating to me and also horrifying to me is, in fact, Boy George. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to be so specific so soon, but talk to me, tell I'm me. I'm sorry, yes. It, well, that's, all I can think of in the 80s was that was when there was a person called Boy George who didn't look like a boy but was a boy and the hair was inexplicable, the face was inexplicable to me, the clothes were inexplicable to me. As I'm, I'm talking about as a young person. I mean, now, now, I, think, I, think, now I think I get it. Yeah, I think I need. We possibly need a bit of context on this, and in, a, a bit of an insight into Matthew as a child, who I've heard a little bit about, and he had some very strong feelings about uh, gender, didn't he? Well, yeah, because I, I I covered this on the the previous episode that we did. Was that I, <laughs> I, you know, I was very specific as to what was a girl and what was a boy. I was very specific as to what was acceptable with <laughs> girls and with boys, and anything unlike that made me very uncomfortable. Now, obviously, I can relate this to that at the time I was very confused about my own identity so it probably was something where I really really you know fought against anything that was outside of the norm because I myself was questioning what was the norm was challenging the foundation of your being exactly so actually I think those people are people who I've now come to greatly respect and admire people like Julian Clary I, I did not have time for Julian Clary when I was five I was not happy with it <laughs> Uh, I'm sure as a grown-up, he was devastated about the fact that five-year-old Matthew had absolutely exactly. no time for him. Not acceptable. But um, <laughs> but now I'm just like, what, what amazing trailblazer man. Like, you know, how amazing are these people to just be so brave, so bravura? And I mean, well, boy, boy George I mean, is nothing if not brave. Sure. Maybe uh, nothing but brave. This does link into something that I, I did want to talk about. And I, I kind of had a more of a catch-all term for it. And I call them the lady men. And now Lady this men. is, yeah. again, this relates to my own childhood, which was, um, here's, a, here's a bit of a stagey story for all the stagey story fans uh -oh. out there. Uh -oh. I was uh, the daughter of an actor. My dad was in uh, show business and he was doing Evita when I was, uh, well, in the 80s. So Evita. we're talking about 88, 89. You know. Evita. Sorry. And uh, by the way, what I just said was German for exactly. And I say that a lot and I'm sorry if you don't. I'm, oh, I'm educating you. You're welcome. God, um, what a Reese Witherspoon. That's what I call it sorry. when you humble brag about the fact that you've just, just worked for four, four months in Germany and you're it suddenly bilingual. I wasn't even going to mention that I was in Vienna she's doing a really fabulous, suddenly bilingual, guys. <laughs> well, I've just been in the Caribbean that. and I can't speak a word. <laughs> of Caribbean. Of Caribbean. I've met lots of Caribbean people. <laughs> No, it was mostly American. I love and I love Caribbean people. No one loves Caribbean people more than me. But I just I have I so many them. Caribbean friends. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, sorry, sorry. Uh, back to me and my yeah. stagey life. Um, uh, my yes, yeah, so it was about eighty nine, and there was a gorgeous 
uh, dancer in the show called Tom Lowe. He's a lovely man. And uh, I decided he was my boyfriend. And he was just, I just loved him. I loved hanging out with him. And he gave me a beauty spot. Oh. Um, one day and I was tripping around with a little beauty spot on my face three-year-old Laura thinking she is absolutely brilliant I bet you um, were and when I was asked who that was by who did that for me I couldn't remember his name I just thought very hard and then said the lady man and of course my oh. parents knew exactly who I meant and for me I think it was a very innocent way of describing this phenomenon of feminine men and this is, a, this is, this is divided from sexuality um, mm, this yeah. is, you know, feminine men. In the 80s, there were so many and it was brilliant. It was Full so good. Full face makeup and not drag. I mean, drag, as, as we all know, is an abomination against nature. But this it's disgusting. was... It's misogynistic, let's be honest. <laughs> it was... Obviously, that was a joke. That was a joke. I love drag. Was it? Was it? Um, it is an abomination against <laughs> nature, which is what makes it great, let's be honest. Exactly. Um, Fabulous But I loved, yes, the lady men. And I think this is Boy George. You've, he was, you, I suppose, the archetype. You've always, I have to say, well, since I've known you, you know, your love of the, you know, those videos of that um, choreographer who wears like six inch heels oh. and does Beyonce, you know, routines. You, I mean, you, it, to me, I, I almost feel like you, you know, for you, it's like, it's not just fabulous. It's also kind of like, you think it's sexy, don't you? I do find it very sexy. Yeah, which I think is cool, but like I, I don't know what that's like because I think, unfortunately, I'm, I am admired to as as you know, I'm I am tied to the the gender stereotypes. Even now, I still find myself pushing to go, you know, to not kind of res- respond badly when I see someone in makeup. Luckily, fifteen years in the cabaret circuit, I'm pretty I'm pretty immune now. I was going to say and, you've and, made a lot of enemies along the way, but you've got that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean, it just it was a hard a hard road for me. But that's <laughs> but that to me, I wonder whether because you grew up as a, you know, in such a a world of backstage at theatre, I wonder whether that was just what a great place to just have a very broad concept of all those things which is why as a three-year-old you could just be very casual about oh yeah some men are like ladies but they're men you know what I mean I, yeah. I, I just I mean I my dad that. legit taught me how to do makeup he did he did teach me how to apply mascara and eyeliner and things because yeah. he knew much more than my mum who was a police woman she <laughs> had less occasion for that still a glamorous lady I mean she's a, a, I mean, Agneta she... if if a day but yeah naturally but my dad was better <laughs> at it sorry yeah. I would say it was his job yeah. Now, we've talked about uh, men in makeup. I There's another one who I was going to bring up after Boy George, and you've led me onto it nicely. Adam Ant. Oh, please, lead me. Lead me well, to that it's... river. I am a thirsty girl. <laughs> you, and you want to drink. <laughs> I do. Thirsty bitch. Um, right. Well, Adam Ant. Now, again, young, younger me, what is it? No, turn off. But, you know, older me, I mean... Absolutely, you know. I mean, an iconic look. Yes. But also, question mark: Is it acceptable? Would it be acceptable now to culturally I... appropriate highwaymen in such a way? Oh. I, you know, the reason I'm linking Boy George and Adamant, both of them cultural. I mean, one of them literally created a culture club to appropriate cultures. Wow. I mean, he was doing the braids, and as we know, braids Ex- are racist now. So. Exactly. I'm just wondering. But the thing is, Boy George in the early 80s was kind of like, so 20 years from now, there's going to be this thing. It's going to be called cultural preparation. And people on Twitter are going to keep saying cultural preparation whenever something is culturally appropriating. And he just got ahead of the curve saying, right, we're going to actually put it in the name of our band. So anyone who accuses us, we're not, no, 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 we're making a club. It's actually really inclusive and lovely. <laughs> Do not think. All the cultures. I'm, I am dressed in it's, every culture. It's genius. 
You're right. He did it. I mean, I think that's the thing. I think it wasn't like he was taking one culture and, you know, making money off it. He was just, he just, he just, all of them, every culture. Yeah. But, but do you think, do you think that would be a problem now? I mean, do you think if he came out looking like that now, you know, if, if, if Sam Smith dressed like Boy George, I mean, now it would just be a case of, well, you, you've copied, but, you know, if, it, if he was the first is one it? and it was this now, it. it was now. Anything else is, is sort of derivative now because it's happened. It's impossible to, but, you know, I've been really missing the glam guys. Like Harry Styles yeah. is like Nectar. so close. He's so close. Oh, he I, wears oh. like pussy bow shirts yes. and lace and like wide coloured pantaloons. And I'm like, come on, Harry. He's Just the closest little, we've got. A yeah. little bit of eyeliner. Little lip. <laughs> go on. Go on. <laughs> little lip. So close. Huge great. Just bee stung lips don't you mean jeez oh just get a get a face on harry come on poor, i want somebody needs on. to spearhead this um i know i, I know what you mean men yeah. in makeup back because i miss it and i love it and it's possibly one of the reasons why we're friends <laughs> i mean sure well yeah because or I, I make you do it <laughs> yeah it was so hard to get me to wear makeup i mean when you first met me <laughs> i was already like can we have an excuse for me to wear makeup please that would be great um <sighs> Yep. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I fully agree. I think Harry Styles is the closest we've got to a boy, George. That seems odd. That seems weird. Did I just say that? Does that make sense? You did sense? say that. Have I made Out that loud. up? Out loud. Yeah. It, is he? I mean, the thing is, he came from such a different place, Harry Styles. He came from now such, look. you know, teeny bop idol. He was basically, he should have been the um, uh, Donny Osmond. Yeah. But he's actually the Mick Jagger. That's it's, such a strange transition. But he's he's not quite gone in. You know, I feel no, like he's still holding something back. I feel like he's still a bit scared of all of this. I still like he's a bit scared of his feminine side. Like he wants it, but then he's like, he doesn't want to like go in too much. He doesn't want to be defined by it. But I'm like, Harry, just go. Just jump two feet. Look at Adam and his ants. <laughs> what about Adam Lambert? I guess. I, I mean, guess I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'm reaching, but I mean, you just said eyeliner. I thought, I thought he does of one. do a line. He does, and he does a, he does a, he does several haircuts on the one head, which, as we know, is a sign of an excellent pop star. Um, <laughs> does, so he? We, does he? Does <laughs> he? That's news to yeah. me. You know, like one side of it's stuck up, and the other side's shaved, and there's like a red bit, and then there's like you know. Oh, all... I was imagining like Moira in Schitt's Creek, where it's sort of like you know three wigs <laughs> on top of each other, you know, sort of. <laughs> Hair on top of hair on top of hair. You just mean two different styles of hair cutting in the same hair. Right. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I think that's, you know, like a, bro- a brave, a brave haircut. Bra- it's so brave. It's so brave. He's so um, brave. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. allow that. And I, But to okay. be honest, though, I mean, let's be honest, Adam Lambert, would he be so brave had he not been influenced by, you know, 80s icons queen? This is it. I mean, well, people who he has identified publicly as huge fans of. And, and, and toured and, with as their lead singer. Oh, and has basically become Freddie Mercury, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a fan. I don't know why. Because um, he joined the band. Um, because he yeah. talks with them. Yes. Oh, my God. I, so, I forgot about that. Yeah, so Again. I think that's maybe why he's comfortable of stepping into that. That's what Harry Styles... Harry Styles needs to go on tour with Queen. Yeah. Sing a few Freddie Mercury songs. Have a, f- a few We Are The Champions moments. Get a full stash. And then just dive in. Didn't work for Robbie Williams, though. Just going to say Discuss. that. Rob- I need more. Oh, well, as in Robbie Williams sang We Are The Champions for um, the film with Heath Ledger um, set in... Oh, God. Okay, listeners are going to be going, it's the... Screaming. Well, you know that film? It's a sort of boisterous kind of comedy set in medieval times. Um, the story the of the night. The thing. A knight's tale is what oh. you're reaching for. <laughs> the story of the night. <laughs> 
<laughs> Almost. This is how pretentious Almost. I am. I can't just call it what it is. I have to make it loofy. Um, yes, but um, Robbie Williams was on the the wasn't he? Was he was on the You're correct. soundtrack? Correct. I yeah. had blacked that out because we all should have blacked that out. Everyone needs to remove that from their minds. We need to remove that from the cultural history of the world. And possibly we need to remove it from this conversation because it's not really relevant to the eighties. It's not. It's not. It's not anything to do with the eighties or anything. Or what? Was uh, well, like, that song was from the eighties, I guess. Oh. Okay, good, there you go, yeah. I meant it, I meant it. It was a sensible Now, I'm aware that we have talked, as we always do, almost entirely aesthetically up to this point. We often do that. Um, when, in fact, we call ourselves musical parodists. We should talk so, about <laughs> I just wonder whether... I, I just like to bring it gently, slowly, but mm. firmly onto a musical element of the 80s that I feel both of us... I, I just know, I don't even need to say it. I know that you will agree with me. I will mm. say it for the benefit of the listeners that Wagnerian rock, specifically Jim Steinman's contributions to the world of Bonnie Tyler, to the world of Meatloaf, and to the world of us, our oral world. I this mean, is something we cannot overstate the importance and the. <laughs> importance. Can you find a synonym for importance? <laughs> I'm trying. The weight. The importance. Oh, no, because The import. Import. The, um, the imp. impact. And the portent. Portentousness. The portention. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Of Discuss. course. Discuss. And again, no longer seen on the scene. <laughs> on the scenes. Uh, at least not in any significant way that, that, we, sh- that we deserve, frankly. Well, no. Um, we... You just... You just don't get it anymore, do you? No. Like an opera that's a rock song. And ideally the person singing it sounds like they've had a vocal hemorrhage, you know. (laughs) But actually when you think about it, why on earth have we put together, you know, rock band, rock guitars, raspy voices with 19th century literature? Why have we done that? And why is everyone just kind of going, yes, obviously? Well, isn't it like when, you know, the RSC decide they have to do their 15,000th production of Macbeth and they're just like, where can we set it today where it's like really going to have kind of parallels and make it like the text is so relevant. And so they set it like in on the internet and they make Lady Macbeth an influencer and like suddenly oh my god sorry I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this I really want to see this production <laughs> well, this of is it. everyone wants to see Bloomin' like updated you know like I did, I'm sorry again as with my gender opinions I'm incredibly conservative and boring <laughs> and old fashioned when it comes to like Macbeth is in Scotland in the 12th century you leave it there that's why it's there and uh, like no obviously I'm not really like that but I mean I sometimes do get slightly frustrated when people you know there's just kind of you know so many um uh, updated and kind of relocated and and you know very explicit parallels drawn but then I feel like people respond to that because they love the idea that oh yeah actually you know humanity is universal I mean that's obviously the point that, that's being made and yeah. so when you you know take someone like Heathcliff and you say well what if he actually is a rock god a la Cliff Richard uh, obviously I'm referring to Heathcliff wow. Musical. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just gonna. I just have to put a pause on that. What? Where I'm, you just I'm getting to the point. Richard is a rock god. I'm getting to the on. point. Okay, we'll come back. We'll loop back round to that one in a minute.
simple Like my jealousy Too hard, too greedy How could you leave me When I needed to possess you I hated you, I loved you too Bad dreams in the night Told me I was going to lose the fight Leave behind my wuthering, wuthering, wuthering hat Leave clear It's me, oh Kathy, I've come home I'm so cut, oh, 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 let me in at your window Oh, oh, leave clear It's me, oh Kathy, I've come home I'm so cut, oh, 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 let me in at your window Oh, oh, my fingertips are holding on to the cracks in my window pane And I know that I should let go, but I can't And every basically now trying to loop my very like unnecessary criticism of the RSC <laughs> into what you know why I was inspired to say that when you said why do we associate uh you know contemporary rock with gothic you know literature and I just wondered whether it's that thing of well if you know some some tortured soul from literature is actually a bit like our modern day you know um teen angst that act, that that's the same kind of impulse to sort of you know reach across the decades and and find a, a link that. like that. Do you see what I mean? I will I mean, allow that because gothic literature yeah. was very much novels were very much considered the pastime of the sort of idle teenagers Joe in the Victorian times. So it basically was the pop culture of its time. It was. It wasn't high the jagged little pill of yeah. its time. Yeah, Frankenstein jo- essentially. Oh and also, I suppose it's about scale, isn't it? Like a soaring, searing guitar. Yeah. is so melodramatic. Of like it's the most ridiculous. You can be and it's yeah. as ridiculous as you know, kind of candles in a haunted abbey. Like yeah. it's just stupid, and we love it. The the people that realise this, you know, your meatloafs, your Bonnie Tyler's. Later on, oddly, I know this is going into the nineties, but Celine Dion found it just for one one song, I think. 
but she Indeed. she got she got there and then swiftly went away again. It you know the, the these people who who touch on this genius, I, I I believe should be venerated. I think they are they are of 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 higher being. <laughs> And I think, you know, that's what we're recognising here is that the 80s was when it really seemed to gel together in the personage of Jim Steinman. I think I think people had very little um, self-doubt in the 80s, you know, very little shame. <laughs> Massive generalisation. There was, there was a general feeling that you could just fucking have a mullet. You could... The scale of the hair, of the shoulders, of the colour schemes, you know, the guitar, the like, the dick swinging of the rockers, um, and then the like femme, femme, femme of the femme guys. And it was just... Okay, what about women? Yeah, but then, but women, I mean, that's a tricky one because I think they were... I feel like the 80s for women maybe wasn't the greatest in terms of like freedom of expression. Like I think women were being quite narrowly boxed into the miniskirt wearing, you know, addicted to love ladies, like <gasps> supermodels. Oh, gosh. Um, and Moira Stewart, on the other hand, trying to balance everything out for everyone in the universe. So, so it was everyone versus Moira Stewart? Kind of. She was really doing the heavy lifting on the other end of the spectrum of like, actually, I'm an intelligent, informed, you know, person not defined by how I look or my gender. Thanks. Um, Even though it's hilarious because she looks so striking. And incredibly beautiful. But that's by the by. She's, she's, it's amazing, isn't it, that she, she is so brilliant. Moira Stewart. Like, I'm about, I'm about to go into a Moira Stewart. Let's, okay, let's stop, here we let's, go. Everyone, no, buckle up. We don't need to. I just, I feel like she was, you know, growing up, she was fixture, a staple. Yet she is so unique. She's so unique sounding. She's so unique looking. She's so unique. And yet she was absolutely, for me, just like fish and chips. She was like part of Britain. Do you know what I mean? So true. And so true. Isn't that, you know, has that been recognised? I, I know she's she's venerated and, you know, is seen as a, as a cultural touchstone. But I'm, I'm also like, but she's more a Stuart. Guys, come on. Like that. I think she got her reward when she, I don't know if she married, but I know that she's with Pat St. Clement. On the subject of women in the 80s, I just wonder, I mean, I ha we haven't talked about this before and I don't know how no, you feel haven't. about this person. Oh, interesting. So this is actually, reader, this is a discovery for me as well as for you. Uh, we're learning. Um, Cindy Lauper. Yes. I mean, she's so unusual. I think, okay, here we go. I think that she, she is do? the origi kooky girl. Explain kooky girl. Kooky girl, okay, a kooky girl is a girl who is very self-consciously different, but different in a way that's quite similar to quite a lot of other people that say that they're different. <gasps> the um, shade of it all. Oh that it's a little bit placed, you know? It See, doesn't necessarily... There's... Hmm. You don't not think just, she talks When like I that. say that it doesn't <laughs> flow, I don't, I don't mean to say that that's not kind of coming from a deep place inside them, but I just feel sometimes there are people that you just know there is literally no other way they could be. And then there's yeah. other people that have sort of made the decision in their life to be different and that's set them on that path. And or, I feel like Cindy yeah. is maybe the first of that. I mean, that is not how you spell Cindy. Um, I mean, I beg to differ because my cat when we were younger was called Pinky, P-Y-N-K-I. Listen. 
<laughs> that. Okay, those sorts of spellings were acceptable in the 80s and are no longer, thankfully, acceptable. Yeah, there's no way we could do it now, but at the time, it was 1991, Cindy Lauper was still fresh, so... No. <laughs> no, not no. even then? You're, you're saying no. no to Shirley Jones? I'm saying and, no. I'm and... saying no to Pinky. That's spelling of Pinky. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Cindy's, you know, Cindy's a goddess. She did some things. Absolute yeah. heaven. But that's my take. I, I, so what there you're saying is. is it's not that she wasn't necessarily unusual in some way, but it's that she maybe exacerbated her unusualness in a potentially intentional way to It was a personal brand. Appear. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm. It I'm was an angle that she worked. It was acceptable at time. Everything Madonna's done in her whole career has been, in some way, brilliantly noteworthy. And I mean, we could take a whole podcast talking about each phase of her career. Yeah. I mean, heaven. or or we could just put it into one three minute medley and put it on YouTube. Which we have also done. You're welcome. <laughs> Although we haven't covered eye patch, um, reggaeton, new. Madonna, oh, there's... which is the most recent. So yeah. sorry about that. Uh, um, but uh, for me, <laughs> it was the '80s. Surely, surely, because it, it was pure. It was, you know, it was the up. She was the fresh, the defining. She was hungry. She had nothing to lose, everything mm. to gain. Mm. Oh God, and she yeah, she had everything. She had a math on her, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was, I mean, she she spoke her mind. She took no prisoners. She, um, I mean, she, well, literally, she, I mean, she wasn't actually taking people prisoner, so that was good. She took no prisoners, unlike Cindy Lauper. That's uncorroborated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cindy Lauper, don't go in a basement. Where have I got there? I don't know. Anyway, um, Madonna, yes, Madonna. I mean, obviously now she, you know, in, in, in hindsight, Madonna is, I think she gets a great lot of due, obviously, as a, as a female empowerment <laughs> Sorry, icon. I'm just seeing a, a lot of, like, dew off the grass. Dew. She gets a lot of dew on she her face. She gets given dew. <laughs> she, gets, she bathes in it's mountain dew. It's her new dew. routine. <laughs> yeah. She puts it in a bath in milk. Well, have you seen And that? with flowers and then um, tells people about how they should live their lives okay, yeah. in isolation. <laughs> just checking you are referencing that because that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. But, um, no, she, yeah, she... She, she does get her due um, as a, you know, a, a, a bastion of female ambition. I think that's always the thing that, that people really come back to with her, isn't it? Is that she was nakedly, unapologetically ambitious and, and naked sometimes promoting. She, she was naked um, and ambitious. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And totally. that is, I mean, she had the blonde is... ambition tour. Like, that's what it was. She was like, I'm yeah. blonde. I am ambition. This is what I am. <laughs> wanted to talk about the 80s music video yeah now music videos in the 80s they were they were they were new you know this was the this was a new never been done genre this was mm. a new format this was a new medium for musicians MTV. to use mtv and it um i think at times it went very well and other times it went really not very well um and i very much enjoy the scale uh, of that either way mm. um, some of my favourite uh, I think so I've got kind of like two main three main types of video there's the massively incongruent video explain to me if you can mm -hmm. precisely what buzzing around Venice on a gondola has to do 
with one's feelings of virginity. <laughs> but sorry, bezing around Venice. Well, you know, I think there's a fair there's a fair pace on that. That poor fella with the sticks probably been doing it well, yeah, all day. It's not, and he's it's not motorized, is on. it? No. God, the poor this, man trying to stick his pole in. Oh, pardon. Horsepower. I mean, well, they, you've, you've found your metaphor. I'm surprised you missed it on the first viewing. Is that what it was? Was it all just the, <laughs> the, the, the boat going under the bridges? Is it all just big vagina metaphors? Is that what it is? You're, that's you're very in, clever. You're an English graduate. You can make that work. Go on, right. I'll we'll make paper. that work. I'll make that work. All right, tell me then. Billie Jean <laughs> and a light up pavement. Go. Oh, God. So you want me to explain why? Yes. Because, because your, your argument here is that it's incongruous. It is. Now, it has absolutely nothing to do with the content of the song. I mean, I have no interest in making it congruous because I don't think that's what music videos are for. But if we have to... <laughs> Why um... not? Because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I get what you're doing. Um, why would Billie Jean... So the song is about... I mean, well, this is where we get to a difficult area for me because I still don't know what that song's about. I know that Billie Jean's not his lover, although I think he I protests think... too much. Potential. I think, I think she Potential. is. I... Actually, guys, guys. I think she might be his lover. Is that what the path is? It's illuminating to him as well to us. But except it's but it's not a path like the yellow brick road. It's a square. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just a floor, isn't it? It's not it a is. it's not a path. It so a we floor. can't I don't think we can then I don't think you can ascribe journeying to that. I think what you need to think no, of but, it as but a we static. could we could have the illumination of realization. I mean certainly I'll I'll I'll, I'll hand you that one and I agree. <laughs> um but in terms of coming to an a realization, I don't think we do. I think we're still stuck on that that checkerboard of life, you know, just is moving from one about? to the other. I wonder if Billie Jean is actually a another chess player. You know, she's maybe the queen, she might be a, a, a naughty rook, she might be a bishop. <laughs> Swooping okay, around. that uh, we 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 may have leaped a little far there. What to chess? Uh, so the woman who's claiming that she's had his baby yeah. is actually the naughty rook on the chess set of life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of eighties, chess, 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 the musical. No, that was the nineties. No, it wasn't. Was it? It was. Well, the first production was the eighties. Yeah, absolutely. Elaine Page with those huge shoulder pads. Wow. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, no, chess, chess, the first production was in the 80s. I know, I'm sure your dad did it in the 90s, Super. but... He did do it in the 90s. <laughs> I heard it Day coming. Deji! I heard it coming, guys. I got in there first. Yeah. But yes. Okay, fine. Um, no, not chess then. Uh, yeah. But you know what? Look, like you say, we're trying to find congruence where there needn't be congruence. I mean, um, you made me. I, I didn't want to. <laughs> but I do enjoy, reluctant. I do enjoy that. Yes. Um, but yes. then... Oh, oh yeah, one of the best ones. Okay, do you know the song? Owner of a lonely heart, much better than owner of a broken heart. That song. That that stirred a memory, but I, I couldn't tell you who sings it and I couldn't sing it's it myself. It's Owner of a Lonely Heart by the band Yes. Now, this is oh. one of my fave tunes and yeah. I checked out the video and wow. Um, this is, I mean, this was in the kind of abstract because I guess we're still on the tail end of your prog rock here a little bit. So we had a sort of abstract Dali-esque house in a desert with some parrots. Um, there's inexplicable scenes of metalwork, a fight in front of a furnace, a telly explodes, and then we're just back to the band performing. What? Hang and on. Narratively? It makes no sense. It makes Narratively, no what, sense. What, what led to the fight? Uh, nothing. It just, st- it just starts. There's metalwork, and then there's a man in a suit fighting a man doing, a metal- doing the metalwork. I'm guessing we have, we have it's no- about... We have no character descriptions of them. We have no 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 no. It just, just pops up. Oh. But up to that point, we've just got the band, and the band also well worth a look because they are all somebody's dad. 
I mean, like, they just look like dads. I, I don't mean, know if they actually have children. They may well all be dads, but they yeah, look they like are, dads yeah. in leather and shell suits. And the lead singer has never had less charisma than anyone ever. It's like a PE teacher trying to do a music video. It's so horrifying. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. Yes, I doubt you are. But Aww. if you are, I love your song, but this is not a good video. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm fine with people not having as much charisma as it f- seems like everyone thinks you need to have now. I actually quite like a bit of dullness. You know, well, this... go and look at this video because yeah. it was made for you. Well, um, the other thing I was going to point out, just based on your, I mean, I've not seen it. I'm just going off your report. But um, the furnace is probably a nod to the other 80s filmic genius that is Flashdance and the Welding. I mean, I Maybe. hope so. Maybe. I mean, when you watch the video, the idea that they would be referencing that is in itself hilarious. hilarious but I yeah. would hope that. Let's hope that. Um <laughs> Now, as well as those incongruent ones, then what we have on the other side are the way too literal music videos. Unnecessarily literal. Um, (laughs) I know which one you're going to say. I know it. I know it. No, I don't know if you... Oh, my God. No, go on. You tell me. Which one do you think? Turn around bright eyes. I mean... (laughs) Turn around I was going to bring it up when we were talking about He literally turns around with bright eyes. I was going to talk about it with the Jim Steinman. What does she say? Let's do it. Film it. (laughs) There are so many of those. So Sledgehammer, you know that one, the Peter Gabriel? Love that song. They literally go word by word and animate every single word that he says. (laughs) Um, It's superb. Um, You Spin Me. You Spin Me, right round, baby, right round. He spins. There is a disco ball spinning. Does he go right round? There are records spinning. Does he go right round? Uh, Like a record. Does he? Is there right, a baby? Round, if it was truly round, literal, round. There'd, be a, there'd be a baby just for the line baby. There would. Th- I think that's more the Peter Gabriel sledgehammer area okay, of okay, literal. Okay. Um, now, David Bowie and Mick Jagger dancing in the street. Can you guess what they're doing? Uh, sitting on a TV. <laughs> no, they Rowing are dancing some milk. in a street. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, dancing, let's, that's using that term extremely loosely. Um, have you seen that music video? Because they I look like can't. they are off their mash and they just want a bone. Hang on. What? Mick Jagger and David Bowie? Oh, my God. The sexual that, tension is That was just... too far away from my perception of both of them. I can't visualise that, I'm afraid. I think they might have done it. David if you Bowie watch the video, and... you'll be in no doubt that they've done it. Yeah, I think David Bowie and Bing Crosby probably did it. Lord. <laughs> that was that was David Bowie's effect. Am, am that I was wrong? a little drummer boy, power up a pum pum in a way. I mean, someone parumpa pum pum. Someone's para- <laughs> someone's parumpa pum pum. Let me tell you. There's a question: Who got the parumpa pum pumming <laughs> out of and Bing Crosby and David who, Bowie? There's a and question. into whose parumpa pum pum? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> rump. It's got the word rump in it. Come on. <laughs> the clues are there, people. We're blind. It's the Illuminati. Okay, stop. Oh, Come back. God. Come back. Come back, Matthew. <laughs> No, I just try to imagine if Bing is a bottom and that's all I can... Be- <laughs> this Bing, a bo- Bing is a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> can you sing that better than me? Because that was terrible singing. I was laughing oh, too much. Oh, God. It's true, this Bing is a bottom. Bing is a bottom. Or is Bowie a bottom? <laughs> Why have we... I think Bowie's a bottom we? and Bing is a daddy. Where are we? I don't know. We've gone somewhere real weird. Yeah. Um... Bring it back, bring it back, I bring it back to videos. I don't even want to go back to literal videos anymore because I'm. this is too... You're scared, you're scared we've of what gone, you've done. We've gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we have. Well, do you want me to pivot? Pivot, as uh, David Schwimmer might say. 
Well, um, there's only one thing that I would like to add to oh, this. Oh, please do. Please finish your point. Which yeah. is the one video that I wish had been literal, which is every little thing she does is magic. Because can you imagine if they'd just done a series of magic tricks? Sting just doing a series of like, oh, flowers like, out the sleeve. <laughs> yeah, we like, yeah, oh, like really... floppy wand. <laughs> sort of like crappy kind of up close magic from the 70s. And I would really like somebody to remake that video. Ideally Sting. Ideally with magic tricks that he's doing himself. Um, also, yeah. PS, rewatch that video because, oh my God, I finally understood Sting. And you haven't before? Where have you been? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, was... I'm in isolation and my husband is not here, so maybe that's uh... a thing, but Jesus. Yeah, Sting's always at it, I'm afraid. Sorry to break it oh, to you. Sorry to break this it This video. Oh. Yeah. Damn it. I'm sure. I'm sh- I fully fully believe, fully subscribe. Um, oh, no, but there was that one. The, the, the final sort of genre of video of the 80s that I very much enjoy is uh-huh. the sort of mini musical narrative videos, which brings us into both Cindy and Madge. Because you've yes, got the Papa yes. Don't Preach. Yes. Papa Don't Preach is a fantastic music video. It's probably one of the best. It's like a, it's like a mini-series. It would, it would win an Oscar for best live-action short now. It would. Yeah. And then Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun, you know? Oh, I think it's the same man in both. If not, I think it, it is the same be. dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hang on. Are Cindy and Madonna related? Is it the same dad? Has he got two wayward daughters? He's like, <gasps> fuck's sake. That's why he won't let Cindy out because Madonna got a baby in her. <gasps> Can you imagine? Oh, hang on. We've, we've, we've stumbled on something here. This is, this is the true who killed JFK. It's who gave birth to Cindy and Madge. That one rather rotund Italian man. Yeah. He oh, knows. my God. And he's a preachy man, but he knows best. And no wonder Cindy and Madonna never kind of collaborate, but they sort of, they're not, they don't feud publicly, but there's this kind of frostiness that you just, well, maybe you imagine because two women in the public eye, they must hate each other because they're women. But, um, you know, maybe there is some kind of just general sisterly sort of rivalry. Sibling rivalry, yeah. Where they have to establish themselves apart, even though they both, they're both from New York. This is making sense. This is making sense to me. Am I, have I gone lockdown loco? Because that's making sense. Yes, you have. You've totally lost your mind. Um, All right. And uh, need to calm down. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Go and watch some videos of Sting. (laughs) Don't need to tell me twice. (laughs) (laughs) Already running. (laughs) What do you think I've been doing this entire hour? (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, I like your very studied and researched uh, report you you just gave to the class about videos. Yeah. Yeah. I've studied something. It's um, bum notes. (laughs) (laughs) are we back to bing and bowie again i want to tell you who else is a bum um who else has done a bum on live aid do you remember (gasps) live aid do you remember oh my god of course do you remember yeah oh my god because of course i mean this was before i mean in fact this goes for like all the records as well like all the live shows all the records yeah we didn't have auto-tune there was this was before the time of vocal processing absolutely so there's quite a lot of terrible singing on if you things. If, if you listen i mean I, and i say this as you know one of the biggest fans of, of whitney houston's natural vocal talent but some of her earlier even the the you know the hits that went to number one the takes that are actually on the cd are you know occasionally just a little bit wildly sort of slightly ropey even though it's incredibly oh, impressive but gosh. like the tuning you know nowadays that would be just just you know without any question would, would have been be put fixed, through yeah. some kind of yeah and but i i love it i love the so true the realness i mean i don't know whether i love the realness of the particular event to which i'm 
talking about, which has obviously become known as the bum note heard around the world. <laughs> but, um, I mean, can you imagine if your oh. bum note got heard around the world? I mean, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do some <laughs> bum notes that... I mean, you know, but it, depending on what I've eaten, might well be heard, certainly in the uh, in next the, city. but In the greater Manchester area. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if you, imagine your bum note getting heard around the world. And I'm not talking about a wow. fart. I'm talking about a bum note. Yeah, yeah. From your mouth, not from, from your mouth. mouth. I mean, you know, we've, we've, we've sung in front of people multiple times oh, for some, the last decade. Yeah, sometimes we've had our We've had our fair share. Oh, we have. But this... I do a yodel. That's what I do. I don't tend to get like the wrong note, although I have. I have I don't just you'd not know. known what key we were going into and done come but, in on a different key. But that's usually but... my fault if I <laughs> if I just go, you, you know where I am because I can see where I am because I can see my hands. You don't know. You have to guess sometimes. Oh, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, no, but when I do a big note, sometimes I, mine just goes, ah, full yodel. Isn't that just, um, you know, Dolores from the Cranberries? Exactly. You I've know, always, it's I've always assumed choice. it's an impression. I've always assumed it's stylistic a stylistic choice. choice. <laughs> Definitely not me just being a bit tired. Uh, <laughs> just being the uh, No, but it is embarrassing. But that's the thing. Like, you've just got to, once it's happened, there's no taking it back. You know, you can't, no. like, undo that. You've just got to be like, okay, there it's, we go. That's out there in the world. It's a live Now they broadcast. know the truth. <laughs> exactly. It's live to millions. Wasn't it the most yeah. watched thing that's, I? you know... Sometimes I just try and kind of process what it must be like to to be in that moment, to know how many eyes are on you and for that to happen and to continue to sing the song. I mean, but what else are you going to do? Like, can you imagine if you did a real yodel and then just like cried and ran off? Picked up your petticoats and just (laughs) exited stage left. I don't know. Or just like slowly backed away (laughs) behind the drum kit or just like lay down and slithered off. Looked at the guitar player to your left and just gone, oh, as if it was him. Like... (laughs) <laughs> oh dear! Like roll, roll your eyes, looking at the audience. Like, or start, you know I mean? start hitting you know I mean? the mic and start, you know, yeah, shaking pretty- the microphone. Oh, it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when my dad once tripped over in Guildford High Street, and then he looked around and looked at the pavement and just went, "Oh, oh, oh be careful! Oh, something, don't stop you know? <laughs> And just to make it really obvious to everyone, oh, it was the pavement. It was the pavement. Won't be. <laughs> so good that that should be people should do that more when they sing a bad note you should have to leave the stage as soon as possible that should be the rule (laughs) sidle Um, off like homer simpson (laughs) into the bush yeah so good (laughs) blink blink and the rest of the band just have to kind of stop playing oh right at some point somehow I don't know anything else really about Duran Duran apart from the bum note in Live Aid. I, do you have any connection to Duran Duran? Do you care? <laughs> do you get the confused with Spandau Ballet, which I do? Uh, yes, frequently. Um, not quite sure uh, which ones did which ones. Um, lots of um, lots of the hair. Yeah, you know they're very famously the hair, and also I think I do think of the kind of the rolled up sleeved, yeah, um, sort of suede jackets. Yeah. Um, the Playboy lifestyle, you know, Swayed Rio it. on a boat, <laughs> all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Tropicana, yeah. But they were, they were, they, but the thing is, they were like absolute heartthrobs in the eighties that I don't really massively get. You know, no, like exactly. I just had the, they got the sting first, adamant first, 
But you go back to Duran Duran, I'm a bit like, mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, to- what the lead singer of Spandau Ballet is called Tony. <laughs> he he he's got that kind of pompadour hair, and he's called Tony. I mean, like, you know, like love him. Simon and Tony. Yeah, love him, and kind of a bit sort of heartened, and kind of you know, sort of love it that the world collectively just decided that this is, you know, drool worthy. But looking back, it it seems in, in, incomprehensible, doesn't it? <laughs> it is incomprehensible. Yeah. So much of the eighties is is subsequently in, incomprehensible. Um, <laughs> I guess that's what we're saying. Is, it was acceptable at that time. It be. was acceptable. It was acceptable to be called Tony, Tony. and be a bit doughy, yeah. and be the lead singer of a and band sing singing like this. Go, go. Oh, now that is a musical thing. That's something that only exists in the eighties. That is a sort of light. It's sort of okay to get technical Please singers do for a moment. Technical. It's a low larynx, dark sound, uh, but there's not a huge variation in kind of tone within that. So it's it's got a bit of a legit kind of I don't want to say classical or operatic feel, but it's more vibratoy and rounded and dark sound than you would traditionally get. You know, like Michael Jackson's really exactly. really loud and twangy, the and that's kind of been generally what we have in pop subsequently. Yeah, but you know, you had. Your Tonys giving me, oh, I'm and also yeah. like you spin me right round, baby, right round like a rock, a ba 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 ba. You know, that's the only vowel we have is the R. <laughs> it was acceptable at the time. There's only one last thing I would quite like to mention. Um, acceptable in the 80s and sort of into the 90s a little bit but I miss I want I love it's just Toto Toto the band <laughs> Toto every piece of delicious music they made I mean to drag me away from you beautiful right and then we've also got hold the line no 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 love is always on time that's <clears> them <throat> that's not them is it fucking is oh my god and um, take you all the way. Bam, yes. Bam, da, 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 da. I mean, da, da, the range. Da, da, da. That's called. The range, even in those three Rosanna. tiny examples. That's called Rosanna, yes. It's called Rosanna. That's it's straight up bop. People just calling songs names of women. Rosanna, Rhiannon. This was acceptable in the 80s, wasn't it? I mean, there have been oh, have subsequent there? songs called What's... like Laura and. You know, <laughs> you know that one. I name know that name one. one more. Bat for Lashes. It's really good. And also <laughs> Scissor Sisters. They also did one. It's very good. And I'm, also, yeah. Um, all seem, right. Seems You're just jealous because there isn't a song called Matthew. There is. I looked it up once on Spotify. Is there? Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I don't think it was ever professionally released. <laughs> I can't even remember where it goes. It ain't catchy. I'll tell you that. Matthew. <laughs> We want to have you in our lives, Matthew. <laughs> it rhymes with poo. It does. Oh. Um, so everybody's homework from this podcast is to go away and to watch the music video to Owner of a Lonely Heart. Mm. Every little thing she does is magic. I'll be doing that. Um, oh, David Bowie, Mick Jagger. And uh, just listen to everything by Toto. Also, can I just say anything that Jim Steinman ever did, please go and look up, except anything post ha yeah, he did do that, didn't he? That's all down the wind. Terrible. That is is terrible that someone like that ended up there. 
And yeah. Oh, and if you're tempted in any way to watch Whistle Down the Wind, don't and go and watch Strictly Ballroom instead. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, we did briefly mention Papa Don't Preach oh. in our mix. And uh, just because, and because it's totally linked, we thought we would also attach to this podcast our own take on Papa Don't Preach. It's interesting, actually, that we've discussed that kind of legit operatic, semi-dramatic vocal mix. styling mm, because we works. do take that to a little more of an extreme mm. so we thought we'd attach it to this very loosely connected podcast about the 80s so we hope you enjoy it um, it's just a bit of silly out of our brain holes Papa I know you're going to be upset Caramadonna A bambino. But you should know by now, I'm not a baboon. <laughs> okay. You always taught me right from wrong. I need a hope. Daddy, please be strong. Well, I warned you of... Please! <laughs> Papa, don't preach. I'm in trouble deep. Papa, don't preach. I've been losing sleep. But I've made up my mind. I'm keeping my baby. Like totes wrong for you. <laughs> daddy, daddy, if you could only see. Not me! Just how good he's been treating me. What he? God give us your blessing right now, cause we are in love. We are in, we are in love. We ah. are in love. In love, so please, Papa, don't preach. so much for listening Thank do subscribe you. and all that jazz absolutely find us wherever you want to find us we're pretty much everywhere you can go on the social meds um if you've got your way here you probably do already follow us but if you don't you know we're, as and when we do new things we want you to be the first to see here and share them share them with people otherwise how are we going to spread our word 
we have nothing to say. It's not really worth spreading. Gospel. But, but this has been enjoyable. Gospel. The gospel of Matthew and Laura. <laughs> it know. totally works. <laughs> your, your attack on there, I'm sorry. Thank you. But there is, there is a gospel of me, so, you know. What can I say? Yeah, well, I've got a song from Scissor Sisters. Actually, yeah, that's good. We're even, we're even. Thank you. You have a gospel. I've got Scissor <laughs> Sisters track. That's about the same. It kind of sums us up, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> on that thank you for listening. Yes. Goodbye. Ciao. This podcast was written and presented by Laura Cochran and Matthew Floyd-Jones and produced by Barry Hilton. All rights reserved. Contact us for detailed copyright information. Don't sue us.